Time to drop the gavel. It's Legal Talk with Angie Knight from the Grand Strand Law Group on the Liz Calloway Show. Talk 94.5. And Angie Knight is here. I told you she's giving free advice for the next like 10 minutes. So you can text in at 843-798-TALK-798-8255. She focuses on real estate law, estate planning, probate, business law, and personal injury law. If you need some direction and advice go on to grandstrandlawgroup.com good morning miss angie good morning all right so miss angie we saw a car go through the post office on 67th avenue north in myrtle beach it's still closed the entire car is inside the building the driver said uh, they pressed the gas instead of the brake by accident and uh, they ran somebody over and uh, another person was injured as well does a business have an obligation do we know of that they need a barrier between the parking lot and plate glass entry? You know, obviously it's not required under the law at this point, but you know, maybe we should consider that. Um, my office doesn't have that sort of thing. We've got a tree that's not going to stop anybody. Mm, right? right. It's a very small tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, obviously this hasn't happened enough to make it a, a requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't happened enough for people to say, you know, Hey, I've been, you know, too, so many people have been sued because of this. Maybe we should do it anyway, even if it's not a legal requirement. So, right. um, you know, certainly something to consider, uh, and it is a, you know, government building. They usually do have those things outside of government buildings. That's so it's right. unusual that it's not outside the post office. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes you think, right? Cause yeah. I used to yeah. think at the restaurant all the time, I see these big old trucks, backing in. I'm like, mm-hmm. what, you know, like they're hanging over the uh, sidewalk, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, you know, you think about it, but uh, that could be a case. I, I mean, I wonder though, okay, so they press the gas instead of the brake. How fast were they going to, in the first place, to manage to get all the way into the post office? Literally the entire vehicle. Wow. That's crazy. And I be, I go to that post office often mm-hmm. and I just can't imagine. I saw the picture and it's just crazy. I don't know if it was a man or a woman, age or anything, but it was not a medical emergency, which is what we first That's thought of. That's what I was just wondering, right? Okay. No, they just... I think there's a big sidewalk between the They're parking lot and the entrance. Sidewalk. Yeah, it's a big sidewalk, so they traveled the distance. Well, I'm sure we'll find out more as the days go. Sounds yeah. like the fire alarm thing, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I pulled the fire alarm because I thought the door was going to open. You, did you see that story? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. That story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, anyway, someone has a civil question for you on our unsponsored text line. Do you yeah. know anybody that wants to sponsor a text oh, line? Okay. Angie, it's up for a sponsorship. <laughs> Uh, Civil question for Angie. Is it legal for a government official to hire based upon gender or race? Is he referring to Newsom? Is that is that an actual question? Do you think there's a lawsuit? Mm. So, Governor, I'm thinking it has something to do with Governor Newsom, who appointed a black woman, a black woman from Maryland, because he said, "I want a black woman," but he didn't pick anybody from California, and he picked her from Maryland, and he put her in um, this Diane Feinstein's spot because you know she just passed away, and she is now in that spot. So, Good but question. but in general, in general, right? Gender so, and race. Gender and race. Can you say, uh, listen, I only want to, I were, I own Hooters, okay? Right. It's a restaurant. Right. I want, <laughs> I want to only hire women with size D boobs, or what appear women to be women with size C boobs is not a protected class. <laughs> so yeah. that's not a problem. 
Um, <laughs> so you have to be a protected class. Are you, so, so the issue would be, you know, are you discriminating against someone who is a protected class? Like, uh-huh. and I, and I guess maybe I'm using the wrong words, guys. It's been a long time since I went to law school, but <laughs> and I don't do con law, constitutional law. But you know, it's it's race, gender, religion, right? Those are the things yeah. that that you're not allowed to discriminate against people based on age. Right? Age, yeah. right? Yeah. Age is a good one. So, and you know. Did did they choose some? Did they choose a black woman over a white woman? Did they choose a black woman over a white man? Mm-hmm. You know, this is the sort of thing. And so then you've got to have someone who suffered because of it, right? You who know, applied and didn't get it. Right, they may not be a, another person. Right, who applied. So who know? You know, who knows? Um, I, I happen to own a law firm that employs only women right now. I have no men in my in my law firm. Um, that is Do just, you catch stuff for just, that? It's just by accident. I mean, it just is what it is. <laughs> you probably have the EOC thing on your website. You know, you know, I mean, men welcome to apply. And we have had men working in yes. my firm before, and I've ever interviewed men. Um, yeah. So we you had know, a man did handle us. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but it's it's one of those things where my field in general, when it comes to uh, staff, right, mostly women working in my field. And, and the type of law you deal with. Exactly. Maybe more right. women gravitate towards that. Exactly. And then as far as attorneys go, you know, um, we've had male attorneys. We've had we've had male staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's we've we found the right people and that just happen to be women. There you go. I love it. Okay, I have a question for you here. Uh, It says here, we are building a house that's cost $315,000. My girlfriend asked the loan broker how much we need to bring to the closing. He said the closing cost would be $41,000. We are putting $50,000 down. Is he pulling uh, crap or is this the real amount for a (laughs) South Carolina closing? I have never paid forty one thousand on a closing, no. and I have purchased three houses in my life. Is he incl- okay? Mm. But what is included in the closing? Where what is the itemized list? So closing cost, right? Mike, might we're going to include your attorney's fees, your title insurance, your title search, um, any any fees from the lender. So points, right? Major Origination fees, fees yeah. and points that you're paying down. Um, Okay, so maybe that's what he's paying down. Oh, surely the it mortgage? wouldn't still be forty one thousand dollars. Maybe they're taking. He's how much is he bringing to the table? He's 50, supposed to be 000. bringing fifty, and they're spending three, and they're getting a loan for three fifteen, right? The house yeah. is three fifteen. Okay, yeah. but two sixty five. Right. So two six. Okay, thanks yeah. for the math. Appreciate yeah, that. I'm good. At, um, I'm good at that. All right, so so the loan is two sixty five. They're bringing fifty, and they're and he's saying they got to bring forty one for closing cost. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Wow. I I don't know. Well, he also asked, do you handle closings? Yes, we handle closings. Happy to do that if they don't already have a closing attorney. And here's the thing. Um... We, we take a look at those numbers, right, and we can explain all those things to you. But knowing that they're saying $41,000, something's not right, right? right? Mm-hmm. If I could see, his lender has probably sent him an estimate. It's called a guesstimate. In yeah. my, in, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a guesstimate. Um, and if I could see that, I could explain what's going on. Um, so he's happy to give us a call. Um, shoot me an email. We do have a uh, email feature on our website. They can send that in. Just choose the real estate option. It'll go to the right people, and I can take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Happy to look at that for yeah. you. I mean, I've talked to, and you know Nyla from Magnolia Living Group. Yeah. You did our closing with her, and um, she's she says that people who are going to builders should have a realtor. They should their own realtor. Yeah. They should. What and has they, been and your experience with that? So many builders offer incentives for the uh, client to have their use the same attorney as they do. 
Mm. Right? And you're going to get tons of incentives offers because of that. But when there's a problem, you don't really have, I mean, the attorney's going to be the, do their best to help you be on your side. But realistically, I can't be for two people, right? Like yeah. I can't mm-hmm. fight for both people you just in, an easy situ- in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and there have been times where, um, you know, builders have been representing, I mean, sorry, the builder's attorney represented the buyer's attorney as well, buyer as well. And that attorney will call me and say, Hey, Angie, can you take over this representation for this buyer? Because we're not, we're not jiving. Right? Yeah, you need somebody in the fight. Yeah. Or, and yeah. so, you know, you need that realtor on your side. You need that attorney on your side. And so sometimes it's worth it to, give up those incentives, right. um, you know, just to make sure that if something goes wrong, you've got somebody well, on your side. And, but. And, uh, as soon as someone's giving me an incentive to do something, that means they're trying right. to control my behavior. <laughs> and, you know, the, the builder's attorneys, they, they know what they're doing, right? They, they've, they've done they the do title a work times. a thousand times. They mm-hmm. know what's going on. Um, if you are a new home buyer, probably not the best experience for a new home buyer uh-huh. because, you know, they, they, they've done it a thousand times. They're not going to be as interested in explaining it mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, you know, and hey, I, I've fair disclosure, right? I'm out here. I'm not doing any new home builds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have those clients. I don't have those builders. I'm here for the one of closings, right? Yeah. If you're a new home buyer, if you're this is your first time buying a home, if you're a, a investor and, you know, you buy a lot, you know, that, that's my gig. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't work for the builders. I don't work for the big, big, big builder companies. Um, And it's not because I don't want to. I'd Mm -hmm. love to get that money. Right. Everybody works. Yeah. But um, you know, it's just how my my, how my business has turned out. And I enjoy working per client for that client Mm -hmm. for that purchase. You know, it's really a nice opportunity. We, we do the same thing over and over, but it's different every time yeah. instead of the same every time. Yeah. And just like a will. I, I, I got a question about a will. Yeah. Um, the cost difference between having a will prepared through an attorney versus a trust. The, the trust costs more because there's more work involved, but uh-huh. how much off, you know, how much more does a trust cost than a will? So you're de- it depends on what, so if it's just you, mm-hmm. right, and you're not just, if you're doing the will, the healthcare, the durable, the living will, that's right. what I would call a will package, right, right. versus a trust package. You're looking at about two grand difference. Oh. You know, um, but trusts are great. They're wonderful. They're not right for everybody. So when we have people come in, we talk about your assets, what your concerns are. Do you have any of the standout reasons why we might do a trust? If you don't, we're not going to suggest it. We'll talk about it with you. Explain it. I'd be happy to. If you still want a trust, we're happy to do a trust. But we'll flat out tell you if it's not 100% necessary for your circumstances. Okay. And But if you do a trust in the beginning and then you die... It helps save the relative yes. that's going to inherit it money on the other end. Oh, right? absolutely. Because so you're spending, you know, say three grand on a trust now, mm-hmm. right? What you're not spending later, when, or what your estate is not spending later when you pass, is that five grand that you give me to probate your probate, estate. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it really does work out. Yeah. Really. And it sounds like a good investment of two yeah. grand and you save five. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'll be dead, but it does. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> is it, do you have to have dead. a trust per asset? Like, the home has a trust. You put all your all your assets in one trust. Yeah, okay. you can. Now you could do differently, but you yeah, most like people are putting. Like my mom has a irrevocable trust right. on the house. Right, and that means it can never be changed. Never be changed. So, so if I had an irrevocable trust in my name, and then I got married to Betty Lou, Betty no Lou ain't gonna get nothing. Out Betty of Lou's not getting it. So, yep. if you have an unrevocable trust. 
and you meet Betty Lou, don't tell her that you have an enrollable Well, you can tell program. her all you want because yeah. it don't matter. Yeah. She's not getting it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so, and then there's a trustee and then a beneficiary, and mm-hmm. those could be, both be the same person. Um, so typically the trustor, that's the person creating the trust. And let's talk about revocable trust because most people want revocable. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to change it. Right. Yeah. So you got a trustor, that's the person creating the trust. You got the trustee, that's in person in, ch- in charge of spending the money, right? And that's going to be the same person in the beginning because I'm going to create it and I'm going to spend it. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, and, and I don't mean I, I mean I as right. in the client, right? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. Wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> that would be a great job. Uh, Bring me your money. I'll spend it for you. There's people like that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to have a successor trustee. All right. And then you're going to have beneficiaries. So the successor trustee is quite often also one of the beneficiaries, the successor beneficiaries, right? That successor trustee is in charge of doing what the trust said as far as distributing the assets, mm-hmm. typically. So you're, you're the trustor and the trustee. You do what you want while you're alive. Once you're both gone, successor trustee steps in and do what you told him to do. Right. And there is a, a tax benefit to doing that with a home. Let's say you bought the home for twenty five thousand dollars in nineteen sixty two, and now it's worth six hundred thousand dollars. There's a tax benefit. So it's what what you're looking at is it's better than giving your home to your kids before you die. Mm, right? Okay. We yeah. don't want to do that. We never want to put the, our home and our kids' names before we pass away because they lose what's called the step up in basis. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you if you were to distribute your kids, if the kids were to get your house via will or trust later on, then they don't lose that step up in basis. So if you bought it for twenty five thousand, it's now worth six hundred thousand. If you gave it to the kids before you passed away mm-hmm. at six hundred thousand dollar value, yeah. they're paying capital gains taxes on the difference between twenty five and six hundred. Whereas if they got it when you passed away via a trust or a will, they're getting it at six hundred. They sell it for six hundred. They've got zero capital gains. Gotcha. Uh, but they get to keep the money. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. That well, that's how it all works. Very good. Yeah. What about the right to right of survivorship for the home? So if we're talking in terms of a trust, right, you're mm-hmm. not going to have that situation because the trust is a single entity. Mm-hmm. But if you decide not to do a trust and you want to do a will yeah. and you're married, then you're going to want your your deed to say joint tenants with right of survivorship or there's a thing called Smith v. Cutler, guys. It's a case law out there. It's a different kind of joint tenants. Mm-hmm. But it's an indestructible right of survivorship, meaning no one, not even a creditor, can make me sell my interest to to just into to tear apart that joint survivorship. Wow. Right. Like even in, in a divorce? Um, so the divorce would have to be both you gotta have both signatures okay. to, to change it okay. over. So if I'm doing a deed, right, for a divorcing couple, then I'm gonna have them both sign. John and Mary are signing the house over to Mary. Okay. So that you gotta have both signatures because it's indestructible unless you got two signatures. Mm-hmm. It's important to have that right of survivorship in place. It is absolutely. You know, if you're not gonna do a trust, right, then you want to do everything you can to make sure that f- as few assets as possible pass through probate. And so, if you have a right of survivorship on your on your home on your deed, right, you can have a joint bank account. That's a right of survivorship. You could have if you're single and you have kids, but you want to leave the bank account to the kids. You could do payable on death. 
that's a right of survivorship that does mm-hmm. not go through probate court. Um, having beneficiaries listed on your life insurance policies, your 401ks, that sort of thing, that's a right of survivorship, you know. Um, and all those things do not pass through the probate process. And one of our goals when you come see us is to make sure that we have as few things go through probate as possible. Why, you may ask. Most people think it's because probate is horrible. It's not horrible, right? Money. But creditors, creditors can attach to anything that goes through probate. Mm, like medical bills? Yes, like medical bills. So that's why mm. we want as few assets to go through probate as possible. So if you avoid probate, the medical bills can't follow you. They have no the, avenue. The, okay. Right. That's really Any, important, especially yeah. if some people have massive yeah. um, bills, yeah. for sure. All right, Angie Knight of the Grand Strand Law Group. You can uh, go to grandstrandlawgroup.com to uh, schedule your own consultation. Anything else you want to add about that? Come see us. We'd love to help you. All right. 843-492-5422 or go to grandstrandlawgroup.com. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you next month. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, Miss Angie. Thanks for the info. Yeah.